Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This week we are on Unit 30, Session 3, titled, The Church Stands Firm. Much like Jesus himself, the apostles in the newly birthed church soon faced hostility from the world. The Jewish leaders, in particular, were threatened by those who followed Jesus. Jesus' disciples were seen as a rebellious sect who would not submit to the Jewish leaders, and they proclaimed boldly that Jesus, whom they had crucified, was the promised Messiah and that he had risen from the dead. What's more, thousands had already joined them, and more were doing so day after day. In light of the recent healing of the man-born lame that we looked at in the previous session, the Jewish leaders arrested the apostles responsible and questioned them the next day. Peter and John used this interrogation to once again proclaim the truth about Jesus. In point one, we see that God's people testify about the risen Savior. Peter and John healed a man who had been born lame. This, of course, drew a lot of attention, and the apostles then proclaimed to the gathering crowd that Jesus was the reason for this healing. In the middle of their speaking, the Jewish leaders had them arrested. The next day, the leaders interrogated the apostles, asking one question from Acts 4, verse 7. By what power or in what name have you done this? As potentially dangerous as it was to proclaim Jesus to the crowd and say that they had participated in the unjust murder of God's promised Messiah, it was probably more so to proclaim Jesus to the Jewish leaders. While the Passover crowd had been whipped up to a frenzy and they followed in the calls for Jesus' crucifixion, the Jewish leaders were the ones who did the stirring and led the calling. Plus, they had the ear of the Roman authorities and potentially the influence to demand some more crucifixions of some troublesome followers of the rebel Jesus. So with this context, what would Peter and John do? What would they say? Would they tone down their witness? Would they cower in silence? If we are honest with ourselves, we can see the draw of these options, given the circumstances. But they didn't cower. Rather, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter continued to speak boldly, even to those who could have held his life in their hands. He made it abundantly clear that this good deed of healing a disabled man was done by the name of Jesus. And furthermore, to make it clear which Jesus he was speaking of, Peter said that this was the Jesus they had crucified a few weeks earlier and whom God had raised from the dead. Talk about spirit-empowered boldness. But Peter wasn't done. He then called up a quote from Psalm 118.22 to proclaim just how central Jesus is to the building that is God's people. The leaders rejected and crucified Jesus, but Jesus is in fact the cornerstone of all of humanity's hopes and dreams. There is salvation from sin, death, and hell in no other name than the name of Jesus. The QR code in the sidebar on leader page 133 will help to flesh out what is meant by Jesus being the cornerstone, and we believers in him being the stones built on his foundation. In point two, we see that God's people refuse to be silenced about the risen Savior. Having gotten the answer to their question, but having missed the point, the Jewish leaders ordered Peter and John not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. According to verses 13 through 17, this was the best the Jewish leaders could do to stop these troublemakers for the moment, because the man who had been healed of his disability was standing right there for all to see. They couldn't deny the miracle, 
and they had no leg to stand on to deny that the miracle had been done in Jesus' name. So their only hope was to instill a sense of fear in these apostles, to stop them from continuing in Jesus' name. But again, the leaders had missed the point. What fear could they inspire that would trump what the apostles knew about Jesus' resurrection and the power of Jesus' name to heal and save? So, Peter and John declared their intentions. They would keep on speaking about what they had seen and heard. Jesus is the Messiah. He was crucified and he was raised from the dead. And he is the only way of salvation for sinners. And they framed the issue as a God versus them scenario. The Jewish leaders were entitled to their opinions, but the apostles chose to side with the God who sent Jesus to save them and who sent them to tell others about Jesus. Reading this interaction and response between the Jewish leaders and the apostles is convicting, to say the least. The same Holy Spirit inspiring Peter and John's boldness is the same Spirit dwelling in us as believers today. But how often do we speak and act with boldness? And what is the reason when we don't? I think the apostles' framing of the issue applies to today as well. Will we fear man or fear God? The question on leader page 135 and on daily discipleship guide page 111, which is, what happens when we fear people rather than God? This question will help your group wrestle with the implications of fearing people over God. Ironically, in light of Peter and John's boldness in the face of threats, it was the Jewish leaders who were fearing people rather than God. They decided that they couldn't punish the apostles because the people who had witnessed the miracle were giving glory to God, and the leaders didn't want to risk an uproar by attacking the people responsible for this amazing event. So the leaders issued their threats and then let the apostles go, unable to do anything more. In point three, we see that God's people pray for boldness to proclaim the risen Savior. What happened next in the narrative is especially instructive for us. Peter and John rejoined the others after their release and told them all that had happened. And then they all prayed to God. They acknowledged God's sovereignty, both in His creation and in His Holy Spirit-inspired Word. They acknowledged God's plan that Jesus would suffer and die at the hands of Gentiles and Jews. In these affirmations, they declared with faith and conviction that God is good and His ways are good. And in light of these affirmations, and in spite of the threats of mere human beings, they proceeded to pray for continued boldness from God to speak and act in the name of Jesus. The threats were significant, presumably including the threat of imprisonment, pain, and maybe even death. But the disciples considered these threats from the perspective of God. Threats and actions were leveled against Jesus to the point of His death on the cross. Yet this was part of God's plan. The disciples had to believe that any threats coming their way were similarly accounted for by God's sovereignty, and that the end result would be good, because that is what God does. So, they prayed that God would do what He does, miracles, signs, and wonders, and they prayed for the boldness to do what they were called to do, to proclaim the name of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And as He did with the disciples on that day, surely God always answers this prayer. Although they were warned under threat to stop preaching Jesus, 
Peter and John responded that they could not keep silent about their experiences with the risen Savior. What they had seen and heard of the most amazing miracle ever, they had to share. The gospel of Jesus Christ is great news that must be shared by those who have come to believe in Jesus Christ. Because we believers have experienced the great news of salvation through Jesus, we should seek to tell all others about how they too can believe in Jesus and be forgiven of their sin. So let us trust in the sovereign God, pray for spirit-empowered boldness, and live by faith, speaking and acting in the name of Jesus for God's glory and the salvation of even more sinners. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.